When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Conference USA Underdog Podcast on UnderdogDynasty.com, SB Nation's home for G5 football. Uh, Joe Lonergan and Eric Henry here with you once again, and we are extremely excited for this episode because we have a special guest, uh, the new Director of Athletics at Florida International University, Mr. Scott Carr, joins the program today. Scott, can't thank you enough for your time and uh, looking forward to learning a little bit more about you and what you have planned for the Panthers here. Well, thank you, Joe. I appreciate you and Eric having me on. Excited to talk about the Panthers. Oh, awesome. Awesome. You know, Scott, before we get going, Eric, I'm, I'm interested to hear from your perspective, uh, you know, seems like it was just a big party when they, they brought in Scott and when they later <laughs> brought in Coach McIntyre. So, you know, what, what was kind of your perspective of that? Well, here's the deal, right? Anyone who has been to South Florida is familiar with the South Florida atmosphere. There's never a, a reason needed to, to party, right? So, of course, the atmosphere, I'm sure Scott can attest to this at the Graham Center, was certainly festive when he was announced and it was the same same deal when Coach Mike McIntyre was announced last week. So, yeah, it definitely was a, was a fun environment. I think, you know, um, we'll get into this a little bit with Scott, but I'll speak from the perspective of someone who covers this team, you know, week in and week out. I think most people around the program are just ready to put last year behind them, ready to put the last 24 months behind them. And, you know, really Scott's hire uh, started that process. And of course, with Mike McIntyre, I said this on radio with uh, Larry Blue. and I'll give a quick shout out to, to Blue on 560. I'm sure he'll appreciate it when he goes back and listens to this podcast. But um, I said this to him last night on his radio show. I think the, the feeling around the program is just a, excitement for the future. And, uh, you know, Scott will have a chance to talk about the decision making that went into um, hiring Mike McIntyre and others, but really just uh, excitement for the overall future of FIU Athletics. So I think that was the uh, the genesis for the festive atmosphere that that you saw, I'm sure, via my Twitter account and others. Listen, I get pretty much all my FIU coverage from you now, Eric, at this point. So, we'll, uh, yeah, to go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, without further ado, Scott, would love to start off by getting some perspective on you on what made you want to work in college athletics in the first place. Uh, you know, I know you're a, you're a double grad from the University of Florida and, and sounds like you kind of went straight into the, the world of intercollegiate athletics from there. But would love to kind of know what your aspirations are when you got into this field 25 years ago. Sure, absolutely, Joe. Happy to answer that one. So it's in my blood. Uh, I know that's a similar comment you can make about uh, Coach McIntyre, but it's in my blood. So I, I grew up uh, when I was seven years old. Uh, my dad was the athletics director at the University of Florida. So spending time with my father involved going to sporting events. Uh, it involved uh, summer vacations, uh, going to the athletic director meetings. Um, you know, it, it involved uh, visiting if we were in the North Carolina mountains or somewhere, it involved going by some of the schools in those areas, just checking out their athletic facilities and saying hi to their uh, 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 athletics director. I remember uh, my mom's from Connecticut. So whenever we visited up in Connecticut, we'd always swing by the ESPN studios and say hey to folks that were there. So that, that was just normal for me. So by the time I was a sophomore in college, uh, 
I knew I told my dad, I, I want to be an athletic director one day. So starting sophomore year of college, uh, we were, we just been mapping out this plan and what experiences do I need to get? And, um, uh, you know, what, what, just, what do I need to do to be ready? And um, excited to say that the opportunity uh, for me, my first AD job and, and uh, hopefully last AD job is right here at FIU and um, just couldn't be more excited to be here. I would love to know a little bit more about that experience, you know, kind of following in the, in the footsteps of your dad. What's that like being being the guy on campus that's the uh, the son of the AD? I'm sure you were <laughs> – that must have made you a pretty popular guy. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it was great, right? I mean, I, I had uh, great seats for the home football games, right? I got to uh, – I got to walk around campus and, and play catch with Chris Collinsworth, right, and and guys like that. I mean, so it was it was it was wonderful in that regard. I um I am not uh, starstruck uh, by people. I guess growing up in this industry and you're around the folk like the Chris Collinsworths and the Emmett Smiths and the uh, everybody else, you just it, that's just kind of normal. Uh, so when someone else uh, you see somebody that's famous, you just say, "Oh yeah, hey, good to meet you." Uh, so so I think that's that's part of it. But um but it, but it was great. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was. It was challenging as well, right? I mean, um, I also was uh, on the receiving end of answering phone calls. This was pre-cell phones, right? I'd answer cell phones and uh, have people cuss me out because of a decision that my dad made, um, you know, and, and so I'd, I'd take the, the brunt of it as a, a 12-year-old. <laughs> you know, you'd sit there and you're like, okay, uh, you know, sorry that you didn't like that decision that dad made, but, uh, you know, I guess it, it helps you get the thick skin early in, in life, but um but, it, you know, it shows that people are passionate about college sports and, and I'm passionate about college sports. So I love all of it. So, Scott, you took that passion and, uh, you know, in your professional career, I know you had stops at Auburn. And uh, probably the one that folks know you from the most is uh, your work at the University of Central Florida uh, and working your way into the uh, the AD position there. Uh, what, what do you think is the difference in making UCF stand out to casual sports fans in Orlando versus the challenges that kind of lie ahead in making FIU stand out to, to casual sports fans in Miami, obviously a little bit of a different market there. Yeah, a little bit of a different market. Um, but a lot of similarities too, right? I mean, it's, um, Orlando doesn't have as many professional sports teams, but they, but you're competing with the theme parks, right? So you're, you're fighting for, for space on, on billboards or in, in the newspaper or on TV, um, you're competing with with uh, the magic there as well, but but the theme parks. Uh, people want to go to the theme parks, so a lot of similarities there. But you know, a lot of similarities in in the universities, right? Great academic institutions, really large student bodies, uh, large alumni bases, um, and and folks that I think are hungry. Uh, and a lot folks that have a lot of pride in their university. Without athletics, they have pride in their university and in the college experience that they're having. Um, but folks that really want to have pride and, and passion for their athletics programs as well. And they just need, they just need a little bit of hope. They need, uh, you know, they need some, uh, some positive uh, outcomes. Um, so I think there's a lot of similarities. I think the on-campus um, football stadiums, right? I, uh, UCF built a stadium on campus in 2007. I think that was a game changer for UCF. Um, I, I, I said that the entire six years I was there that, uh, you know, allowing folks to come tailgate and, and um, right there on campus and students that are currently in school there, whether they're in the residence halls or fraternity or sorority houses or, you know, they can just walk to the stadium um, to go to a game. I think uh, those types of factors are huge. And, and again, we have the on-campus stadium here and, and now it's just a matter of really getting out and engaging with the student body, talking to them about what they'd like to see at, at football games 
and, and getting them to come as students so that uh, that it's a no brainer that they're going to come back when they're alums. So um, a lot of similarities between the two programs. Obviously, uh, there are some differences. So I, I got to be careful not to come in and, and take a square peg and put it in a round hole. Uh, but I think there's a lot of similarities and, and we're looking to grow uh, grow those. For sure. And, you know, obviously being within the same state, I'm sure there are some similarities that you can work off of. Um, one thing that I'm, I'm not sure too many people know about your professional background at both UCF and at, at Auburn when you were uh, when you were a deputy, you were a deputy deputy AD there, correct? Correct. OK. Uh, one thing I'm not sure a lot of people know is you have a lot of experience with media contracts, namely at Auburn, uh, working on that SEC network deal with ESPN. Um, given that experience, uh, how do you think you could help the league to improve the current media deal? You know, I'm sure you don't have to go far to kind of find some uh, some criticism of that aspect of Conference USA from fans, administrators and coaches alike. Absolutely. Um, to your point, a lot of experience with the SEC network when it was just getting up and going and, and then. Certainly a lot of experience at, at UCF um, working through some of the new TV contracts and things that they were doing. Obviously, it's, it's a different landscape now than it was even back in, uh, let's see, when would that have been? 2012, 11-ish, 12-ish, somewhere in there when the SEC was doing their thing with, with the over-the-top platforms now, right? I mean, streaming is such a big uh, piece to, to live events um, that, that really wasn't the case 10, 12 years ago. 10, 12 years ago, each school was just trying to stream some of their, you know, non-football and basketball games um, on their on their web pages, right on their website. Um, it's a much bigger business now. It's a much different deal now. It's you know, you've got the ESPN pluses and the, uh, you know, the the Paramount pluses and everything else that's that's out there. Um, and so I think there again, it's that's where our our alumni base and our fan base can really strengthen our position here at FIU is. It's, it's all about who's willing to subscribe and watch those sporting events. Um, and and you're, we're going to be measured on that. Every school in the country will be measured on that. So we, we need to use that to our advantage. We've got to get our fans engaged in that and, and wanting to be a part of the uh, of those services um, and subscriptions to, to take in our sporting events. So um, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, it's something that um, I, I keep up with the trends. I know what's going on out there with uh, uh, with these over the top platforms and and uh, what what they can deliver um, to to fans and and to conferences. So um, I'm really looking forward to getting engaged with uh, with Conference USA because I do believe um, some of our, our the TV rights deals are, are coming up here in the next maybe two years in the conference. And obviously with the conference realignment, there'll be dialogue regardless. But I think Conference USA's deal was was coming up here shortly anyway. So um, it'll be great to have an opportunity to to be at the table for that for that uh, dialogue. I know we'll all be following that very closely. Uh, Scott, one thing that uh, I'm sure a lot of fans are curious about, if you kind of watch the um, just the general sports news coverage over the last few weeks, it's, it's very apparent how important the athletic director and university president relationship is. Since this process started and since you've been appointed to your current position, how have you kind of uh, started to build that relationship with FIU president Mark Rosenberg? Oh, it, it's been great. We uh, uh, one of the ways is um, he, he's been an accountability partner, which has been great. Is uh, most mornings we're we're at the gym. It's about six fifteen to uh, to get a workout in, and uh, I'd say most of those mornings I probably wasn't getting to bed till well after midnight. You know, one or two in the morning. So um, it's been some early mornings, but it's been great. Um, he has been uh, very energetic, very supportive, um, very positive. Uh, we, we couldn't have gotten off to a better start. Um, I, I'm going to really enjoy working for him. 
Uh, I've already enjoyed working for him these past. It's not even been two weeks yet. Uh, two weeks ago today, I was I was uh, I think just starting some interviews down here. I had just arrived in town and and it just started some interviews. I think at three o'clock uh, Monday two weeks ago. But he's he's been great at and and so has the the rest of. Uh, I think the right term that he uses is executive cabinet. I, I may have messed that up because we haven't actually had a, a full executive cabinet meeting yet. But um, everyone uh, in, in the leadership roles here that I've had a chance to meet has been extremely supportive, uh, wanting to see athletics be successful here and, and just very positive about the future. Um, and so that's been uh, very refreshing uh, and very welcome. So I, I'm, I'm excited about um, about that. So being a workout buddies with uh, Mark Rosenberg, how much does he bench? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know that. It's it's more uh, there's more a little bit of a cardio, and and then uh, and then we kind of meet up in in a, in a different room or whatever. But uh, I, I don't know. But I, I wouldn't call that out because I wouldn't want anybody calling out uh, what I'm benching. But uh, <laughs> let's just say that uh, that that they've got plenty of weight in there for me. I don't I don't need any more. If you know what I mean. <laughs> sure sure and uh, appreciate the uh the willingness to take a fun question one more of those before i turn it over to you eric uh being a college student from uh about 92 to 1997 uh, we talk about music quite a bit on this show just between the two of us scott i'm extremely curious to know what music were you listening to as a college student in that period of time wow as, as long as uh as long as my seventh grade daughter doesn't uh doesn't start playing it i was uh Easy E, NWA, uh, Two Live Crew, um, uh, Dr. Dre. Um, I, I was uh, I was done with college by the time Snoop came around, um, but I was I was a lot of that. I was uh, a lot of that from the from the rap standpoint. I was I was big into into that. I liked uh, um, I also liked some you know Guns and Roses uh, for a little bit of a change there. And uh, I, I've always always been a fan of Bob Marley. Uh, Jimmy Buffett and um, and and that group. So uh, you know, and, and I got into you know Matchbox Twenty and and um, some of some of those groups as well. So uh, um, anyway, kind of kind of covers the gamut. But I like to put uh, you know I'll, I'll date myself more. You know, we'd get the five disc uh, CD player and uh, put fi five different ones in there on shuffle, and and we'd get some good random uh, you know go from uh, go from Guns and Roses to to easy E to, you know, to the Eagles. Right. So it was, um, it, it'd be a, it'd be a great mix. Any, uh, any trick daddy in there, any Miami representation? Uh, well, uh, two live crew would probably be the most my, um, you know, but I, I like the Miami boys as well. Um, we'd, we'd get into that a little bit. I, I, I did listen to some to Trick Daddy, but um, but uh, not not a ton. Fair enough. Uh, all right. I think uh, I think that's a good place to cut off uh, cut off my mic, Eric. If you want to go ahead and uh, continue the presentation, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Those are the easy questions. I like that. Sure. Sure. Yeah, Joe, it is a great place to cut off your mic because, you know, I will give you a hard time off air and not knowing that two live crew was, in fact, South Florida based. But that's a, another time for another uh, another podcast. Maybe Luther Campbell will lay off a Scott uh, on Twitter as he's been a little bit of. Uh, vocal over the past week or so that's another conversation scott gonna jump into some things here in, in terms of gonna date back to your your time at ucf want to start here how did albeit a brief tenure but your tenure as the interim ad at ucf uh from the transit from danny white to terry mahajer how did that prepare you for this role yeah great question eric uh even though it was brief to your point it, it was very helpful because uh granted i would 
I was the interim AD there longer than I've been the AD here. So, so I guess from a timing standpoint, I'm still well prepared. Right. But really what it did was it, it gave me number one, it gave me the confidence that, that I could do it. Right. I think that's a, that's a big one. Um, I, I felt that I was ready. I, I would have told you, I know that I'm ready, but when you're actually in that interim role and you have every head coach and every member of that staff looking at you for leadership, looking at you for stability, and you're able to deliver. Um, I, I think that really that it gives you the confidence to know that that you can do it. And and what I mean by that is, you know, Danny White was um, very very highly respected uh, by the student athletes, by the coaching staff, and and by the fan base there. And so when he left, that was a blow. Um, uh, people were you know, on their heels a little bit going, man, what happened? And then a week later, uh, Josh Heupel leaves to go be the head football coach, right? So there was a lot of uncertainty. And I felt like in that time there, my number one job would, was to was to calm the waters and, and let everybody know that we were okay and, and to trust the process and that um, that, that we were going to be in a great place. And, and obviously, uh, UCF's in a great place. Um, so it was, I think it was invaluable um, to, to get that, you know, few weeks to a month there um, as the interim AD, just just to have a chance to to lead and and um and see what it was like to be in the chair, um, uh, it, it prepared me really well for this. Scott, before you know your your role as interim AD, the bulk of your time at UCF, uh, your title was director of brand activation. I'm wondering if you could just talk about that a little bit um, in specificity to how that uh, how that role helped you in terms of what you'll face inevitably at FIU in terms of engaging that fan base. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, one of the uh, university strategic plan goals here is, is related to brand affinity, right? It's, it's, um, it's being relevant. It's being talked about. Um, and so, it, it, again, invaluable experience that I'm able to take from, from UCF because that's who we were, right? We were the, I mean, I know obviously you guys uh, use the term underdog dynasty, right? I mean, it, it's being in that underdog role and doing what you can um, just like doing this podcast, um, you know, uh, Coach McIntyre and I were, were on the local CBS uh, sports show um, the other night at midnight, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's just getting out there, doing everything you can to make sure people are talking about your brand. And of course, in this case, we're uh, FIU Athletics. So, um, you know, and, and it's, uh, as I like to call it, it's, it's uh, what kind of pixie dust do you have, right? What, what can you do to, to, to make sure that you're um, that you're doing certain things that are going to they're going to be noticed um, that people are going to talk about. So um, we've got a few of those ideas that will that'll be coming up soon of, of some different things that we can do in, in ways that you can just you can magnify and amplify what you're already doing, um, I think, is the real key is, you know, you're already if there's something that you're currently planning on doing, already doing and you were planning on doing one thing um, with that. Well, can you do three? And it just takes that one area and, and it just amplifies uh, the brand and, and the message and what you're doing. So that, that's what we're going to bring to the table here, just to make sure that we're uh, we're building that Panther pride and, and, uh, and getting the FIU name and brand out there. Couple more for you, Scott, and I'll get you out of here. I'll start here, uh, Joe. You know this about me, and of course, the listeners of this podcast know this about me. I don't believe Scott knows this, and I, I actually am a graduate of the University of Central Florida, class of 2014. So I had a chance to see the difference in that brand when I was there from 2010 to 14, and then leaving to go to grad school in Chicago. And remembering when I left, I wear a UCF jacket. It was oh, that's that school. Where are they again? And then when I when I left grad school and came back home, UCF was an easily uh, identifiable brand. A two-part question for you, Scott. 
one, obviously that's going to be a goal for you at FIU. And you've spoken about, you know, one of the, the keywords you've used or two keywords I should say you've used are, are bold and aggressive. Um, how do you go about trying to, to replicate that uh, in terms of at FIU? And the second part of that, and that's piggybacking off of, off of your, your, uh, your previous answer. When you gave your introductory uh, comments at FIU, one thing that stood out to me, and I'm not just saying this as someone who covers the team, one of your first you know, really statements was to recognize the media and say you're going to need the media's help in promoting the brand. Um, how close have those things tied together for you? Yeah, so I'll start with the second question first. Um, it, it's why I said it at the press conference, right? I, uh, we're all in the business. Uh, they don't teach you in college. You plagiarize, right? I mean, it's, uh, I've got great friends in this, in this industry that have become athletics directors, and I've listened to their press conferences, and I took different bits and pieces of things that they said that I liked and, and, um, and kind of tied it into what I wanted to say and people I wanted to thank. Um, but I don't know that I've ever heard anybody at a press conference say that they wanted to thank the media. The reason I wanted to do that was because I truly believe in my heart it's going to take the media to help us uh, build our brand. Because if the media, if you guys are not talking about FIU and allowing me the opportunity to come on your show and talk about FIU, it's going to be really difficult uh, for people to hear about FIU and want to talk about FIU. So I, I, the media and, and what we're trying to do here, it's tied hand in hand. Sure, we can go to social media. We can put stuff out on our channels, absolutely. Um, and the folks that are following us, they will see what we're doing and hear what we're doing. Uh, but we need we need to uh, to cast a much wider net than that. And, and to cast that net, we need the media. We you know we need you guys um, supporting us. We need to support you and and help you do your jobs as well. Um, so I, I think it's a partnership um, uh, between the athletics department and the media. So uh, I'm looking forward to that and and. That was very genuine uh, when I was putting my speaking notes together, which I didn't have a whole lot of time to do. Uh, hence the hence the sobbing. Uh, I couldn't get it all out of my system trying to get prepared for that speech. But um, uh, it was obviously a special day for me and my family. But um, but that but Eric, that was the reason that I wanted to say those things is because I truly believe that in, in the area that I've worked in for so many years on the marketing, branding and, and media side. Um, I, I know the, I know the power of the pen, right? The, the power of the ink, it's not ink anymore. So it's the power of the, of the, uh, of the digits, right? The, the power of the digital media. Um, so, so there was that. And then to your point, the bold and aggressive, um, my style has always been that, um, I enjoy my years at Auburn, but, but bold and aggressive was not, uh, was not exactly what they were looking for. That was much more traditional and, and, um, and just kind of keep things, you know, in the middle of the road. Um, I'm a bold and aggressive guy. So UCF fit me uh, really well. And, and, and what I mean when I'm saying bold and aggressive is if we're doing something great, we got to let people know about that. And if that means that six months later, things aren't going as well. So there's more people that want to gang up on us or, you know, kind of throw a punch at us. So be it. Because the way I look at it is they're going to throw those punches if you're not doing well anyway. <laughs> so you may as well make sure everybody knows when you are doing well. Um, so that's always been my mindset and, and that's the way we're going to be here. We've, we've got to get out there and, and let people know when, when good things are happening and, uh, and we're going to do that. Scott, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to talk about the new head coaching hire, that being former San Jose state and Colorado head coach, I believe, uh, former 
coach of the year by various publications, including this one, SB Nation, uh, the parent company of Underdog Dynasty, and that is Mike McIntyre. Just give you an opportunity to talk about uh, your decision-making process and choosing Mike McIntyre as an ex-head coach. Sure, absolutely. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, uh, hopefully everybody saw at the press conference uh, just a, at least a part of what we saw uh, from from Coach Mac. Um, just high energy, passionate, um, loves serving young men, loves mentoring young coaches. Um, that's that's his passion. That's his calling. Um, someone who, as you mentioned, has been a, a two time National Coach of the Year. Um, it's hard enough to do that once. Um, he's he's been able to do it twice. Then on top of that, a third time as a as a national assistant coach of the year, um, just incredible. Uh, very well respected in the industry. Um, you can't find anybody to say anything bad about him in the industry. He's uh, very very positive that way. Former student athletes of his that talk positive about him and and um, uh, you know just just rave about him. Um, I, I believe I'm not sure if it's out yet, so this this could be breaking news. I don't know, but uh, obviously he was. Um, Philip Lindsay, who's at uh, playing for the Dolphins, is a former student athlete of his at, at Colorado, and, and uh, he sent us a quote, uh, just some really nice comments that that if it's if it's not out, it's coming out later today, hopefully, um, just about what he thinks about about Coach McIntyre. Um, so he just he checked all those boxes. Uh, he you know he had he had the plan. He has a plan for success. Uh, that doesn't mean that um, the plan for success is is year one, uh, twelve and zero, and playing for a national championship, right? I mean, there's uh, you know, we're, we're in a rebuild. We're in a building mode right now. Um, uh, so we've got to build it, right? And so that with building comes a little bit of patience and a lot of support. Uh, so we definitely need a lot of support from from the Panther family. And, and um, you know, whether that's buying tickets, coming to games, um, you know, just, just uh, putting some of that positive energy out there, uh, just looking for, for that support. But, um, but yeah, we just – we were just very, very impressed uh, with him during the interview and just knew that um, knew that he was the right person for us at the right time. Before I ask Scott my last two questions, uh, I'll kind of paraphrase the quote that is out from uh, Dolphins running back Philip Lindsay. Uh, again, this is a paraphrase. You can find it on FIU's Twitter account and also Instagram account. But the quote is, Coach Matt goes beyond just being a football coach. He's a father figure that will not only be there for you, for your years of college, excuse me, but will be there for the rest of your life. Some of the greatest lessons of my life were taught to me in a team meeting in team meeting rooms by Coach Mack. As a coach, he pushes players to their full potential. And again, that's a paraf me paraphrasing the quotes. You can find the full quote at FIU Football on Twitter. Uh, last two for you, Scott. And I, it'd be it'd be remiss of me if I didn't ask this again because I know I was asked this when I went on local radio last night. A lot of FIU fans had this question for me, so I got to you know run it directly to the man himself. Scott, how difficult was it um, to bypass some of the other candidates? We won't necessarily get into you know which candidates they were, but other candidates who either either A had FIU ties or B had South Florida ties. How how difficult was it to bypass those candidates, and how important was that aspect, um, or or not important was that aspect in in the search? Sure, absolutely. Well, we we had a uh, we had a very strong pool of candidates. Um, a lot of folks that um, I think very highly of. Um, I, th I think are great coaches currently and, and will be great coaches in the future. Um, so the, these decisions are never easy. You, you, uh, you don't want to have a, a coaching search where you've got, you've got one horse in the race and you're just hoping that they say yes, right? You, you want to have, uh, have it be a very difficult decision, a, a, um, a, a gut-wrenching decision 
um, because you've got so many good candidates. And, and I feel like we had some really, really good candidates. So um, so absolutely. But it's one of those where at the end of the day, you, you have to make the decision that you feel is the right decision, um, whether that decision, whether you feel that decision is going to be the most popular or not. Uh, you got to make the decision that you feel is the right decision. The person that um, that you feel like is the right person for the job, the person that you know that you can trust, um, that that you can work with on a daily basis, and 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 know that um, uh, that you're aligned, right? Uh, you, I think you talked about alignment a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, having having that perfect alignment, um, and so you you got to make sure that you do that. And and if if your main goal is just popularity contest. Um, a lot of times those don't end well. Um, now, don't get me wrong. There's uh, there's plenty of really good athletic directors out there uh, that aren't batting a thousand on on head coaching hires. Right. So uh, even if they went with the person they thought was the right person, maybe that time the person wasn't. And the next time the, the person was phenomenal. And then the next time the person wasn't as good. So um, it, it's it's certainly not, a, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly not an, an easy thing to do. Um, but uh, but we felt like. Uh, just from a consensus standpoint that, that coach Mac was absolutely the right person for us. Um, and, and he's shown us nothing but that since he's been here and, and we couldn't be more excited to have him. No, Scott, I mean, I'll kind of piggyback off of some of the, the points you made there. And I, I made them in a recent column uh, in terms of talking about the hire of Mike McIntyre, you know, and this is me speaking as someone who covers the program, you know, will that hire uh, work out time will tell, obviously Scott hopes that it will, but in terms of uh, the immediate aftermath, here's the thing from my perspective, a, um, and again, this is Eric Henry talking. This isn't Scott talking here. But, you know, the the level of alignment between the university president, AD and head coach, it's important that they all are on the same page. And if you anyone, Joe, who was at that presser knows <laughs> whether it's uh, Mark Rosenberg and him, you will hear Mark Rosenberg from down the block and you will hear Scott Carr from down the block. And Coach Mike McIntyre chose to forego a microphone <laughs> in his introductory presser. So clearly, you know, three people who are all aligned in terms of um, energy and, and the way they want to do things. And the second thing I talk about in my column is it's the old Bill Parcells line, right? If you if you hire someone to, or I'm not going to horribly uh, misquote Bill Parcells, but essentially it's, if you want someone to cook the dinner, you at least got to allow them to buy the groceries. So in that sense, uh, I do think in terms of a hire, you have to go with someone that you truly are comfortable with. Scott, last question, we'll get you out of here. And like Joe said, we try to end things on a bit of a fun note. Uh, you being a native of Gainesville, Florida, uh, you mentioned your, your your dad being you know former AD at Florida. He spent time at Auburn, obviously a lot of time in the SEC. I hope this isn't a controversial question to ask you, Scott, but the best city outside of one that you would call home. So you, you can't use Auburn, Alabama, and you can't use Gainesville. In terms of food, barbecue, just cuisine in general, what's the best city that 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 you'd say you've uh, you've had food in? Wow. And I'm I'm a foodie, Eric. I love food. <laughs> I, but and and you nailed it too. I love barbecue, right? So um, that is a great question. I, I I need to I need to go politically correct first and say <laughs> you're you're all you're you're taking Miami off the off the table, right? I'm not allowed to say Miami, right? That 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 is correct. That is okay. Correct. So I'm not allowed to say Miami. So uh, man, best food. I I would have to go with um, either a, either a Birmingham. Or maybe in Atlanta, I know, and I know I'm I'm straddling the fence, and and just because, and again, don't get me wrong, Hattiesburg, Mississippi was phenomenal too, because uh, Hattiesburg had the combination of some barbecue, some uh, some you know Cajun food because of the influence there from Louisiana, and also the good southern southern cooking. Um, 
So, man, I'm, I'm stuck. But but for, for a small town, let me, let me do this so that I'm not dodging the question completely. <laughs> sure. If you want to say based on the size of town, so the smaller the town and the better the food, I'm going to go with Hattiesburg, Mississippi, because there are so many places there. Because one night you could get incredible Cajun. The next night you could get incredible, uh, uh, you know, just good southern food. Uh, and the next night you could get some great barbecues. So I, I'm going to go with Hattiesburg uh, per capita. All right. Listen, I can't be mad at that answer, Joe, as I toss it back to you to close this one up because what, man, the, the days are running together here, but it was just, what, 17 days ago I covered FIU season finale at the Rock in Hattiesburg and uh, the collard greens were phenomenal. I, I, I got to say that the greens that we had at the stadium uh, the night before and at the stadium were phenomenal. Um, and I will take an answer, Joe. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Nashville guy. You know me, uh, whether it's Hattie B's hot chicken or just the mm. in general. Big yeah. Nashville guy, Joe, as I as I toss it back to you to uh, close this one out. Oh, my God. Nashville is such a fantastic food city. I could talk about that for, for days. Uh, but uh, I do want to thank uh, Mr. Scott Carr for his candor and uh, just being available to talk to us about the state of FIU athletics and what he's got planned for the uh, for the future of the football program, specifically, as well as university at large. Uh, Scott, really can't thank you enough again. Really hope you have a great rest of your day. Hey, guys, thank you, Joe and Eric. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, happy to come on whenever you need me. And uh, if I don't hear from you in, in the near future, you'll hear from me <laughs> so I can get back on because we're going to uh, we're going to do this thing together. So thanks. All right. Appreciate that, Scott. All right. Uh, Scott Carr. Uh, that was <laughs> that was a fun conversation. I, uh, I really appreciated him uh, just telling us a little bit about his background. And I, I do deserve to be roasted for the, uh, the two live crew incident as uh as as it will now be known but um yeah good guy <laughs> well, well well joe listen here's the thing this will bring listeners in a little bit here um it is ironic that scott said that he was a two live crew guy considering it and you probably heard me mention in in the uh during the taping uh luke campbell <laughs> was uh let's just say scott carr was not on his christmas list when uh scott carr chose to make the hire of mike of mike mcintyre wow that's the third time i've stumbled over that i'm gonna have to get used to that uh for the the near future so it's ironic that uh that he's a luke guy and luke you know wanted a, a different candidate so hopefully they'll be able to you know mend the fences and i'm sure if uh if you know wins happen at fiu we'll see luke at the cage and maybe they can uh reminisce about old uh two laugh crew hits oh totally totally Cool. Well, I mean, that's not the only bit of CUSA uh, news and notes that we got to get to. We got bowl games this week, Eric. Uh, let's dive into Friday's Bahamas Bowl. Uh, that's going to be the only one we tackle on this podcast. Should have some other ones drop in later this week in the interest of time, uh, just to kind of talk about uh, the Saturday games and might be split up into two. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so Bahamas Bowl, Toledo versus Middle Tennessee. Rockets favored by 10 heading into this one. You can catch it at noon Eastern on Friday, December 17th on ESPN. So here's the thing about this one. Toledo's offensive production to end the year has been very impressive. Similar to several teams in CUSA, I just don't think they really hit their stride until the later part of the season. Um, definitely kind of fell victim to some just some tough scheduling in those first four or five weeks of the year. And they actually finished the regular season with both the number one scoring offense and the number one scoring defense in the MAC. And in particular, this Bryant Kobach kid has been fantastic at running back with 6.7 yards per carry as well as 15 touchdowns to his name. So when you look at the history of the Bahamas Bowl, Eric, it seems to alternate between being a really close game and being something of a blowout. And last time this game actually got played in 2019, 
Buffalo trounced Charlotte 31 to nine. So by that logic, we're supposed to see a close game here. However, uh, it, it's going to take a really big day for MTSU, particularly out of Mike DeLello, who I should be QB1 heading into this game and who did have a great day against FAU in the regular season finale. But in my opinion, I think the smart money's on Toledo here, unfortunately, for CUSA fans. Yeah, so it's interesting. You know the history of the Bahamas Bowl. This is a game I obviously know a little bit about. I shouldn't say obviously, but it's a game I know a little bit about because FIU played in the 2018 Bahamas Bowl. 20, 2019, uh, no, 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 2018. That game was in December. 2018 Bahamas Bowl against Toledo. They managed to upset Toledo. It was a game that Toledo, I believe, was a three-point favorite because James Morgan uh, was not available to play for that game. Christian Alexander started at the back of quarterback for FIU. But I mentioned that because I've had a chance to watch Brian Kobach for a while. Uh, in his four years at Toledo, actually began his career, Joe, at Kentucky. Then made his way back to, uh, I believe, he's a native of Toledo, a native of Ohio. But in his career, almost four thousand yards and forty-five touchdowns. So, certainly a very productive player, and nice for the Rockets to get. You know, I mean, just on a on a functional level, Joe. Not hating on Toledo, Ohio, but we all know, come October, November, and December, it ain't great weather. So the fact that they get to go to the Bahamas Bowl twice. Uh, in four years, if you're a senior on that program, not a bad deal at all. Um, when talking about in terms of this matchup with Middle Tennessee, you mentioned, you know, is it going to be Mike DeLeo? Is it going to be um, Nick Vadiato? You know, we'll see what happens in terms of the quarterback situation, right? I, I think at least in my, uh, I don't want to say opinion, but it seemed to me as if Nick Vadiato, who earned a spot on the all CUSA uh, freshman team, he kind of earned the the you know right to be the guy. But now, of course, we saw that last game against Florida Atlantic. Rick Stockswell, when they needed that sixth win to become bowl eligible, they turned to um, Mike DeLeo. Of course, another South Florida native, both he and Nick Variado, both from about 30 minutes outside of Boca. So ensuring that both quarterbacks had a chance to play at home as they picked up that sixth win. So it'll be interesting to see who starts that game and how things shake out. But in my opinion, just looking at these two teams, Toledo and, you know, Joe, I don't think the Magnus throw is a better league than uh than CUSA. I know, you know, historically, maybe perennially, they are a better league. But when you look at Toledo's losses, right? Lost to Notre Dame, and they played Notre Dame really tough, only lost by three. Lose to to Colorado State, lose to Northern Illinois. That was one of the more surprising teams in all of college football this year. Their losses, you know, by no means can you sneeze at those. But then you look at Middle Tennessee and look at some of the games they lost. Again, you know, and again, this isn't me, you know, necessarily saying that. Um, I mean, just let's run them down here, right? Lose to Virginia Tech, that's one that's tough. Liberty, of course, Malik Willis, I mean, they've done that to everybody this year, right? So, or, or seemingly everybody. Uh, the loss of Charlotte's definitely one that's, you know, up in the air. UTSA, we saw what they did. Western Kentucky, we saw what they did. And then ODU. So, really, it's really a matter of what Middle Tennessee team are you going to get. In my mind, I still lean towards Toledo in this game, but I definitely think it'll be a close matchup. Yeah, those were more or less my thoughts about Toledo. They played some really strong football. And and listen, I will I will never hate on two aspects of Toledo: the Toledo football team and Tony Paco's hot dogs. Everything else about Toledo, Ohio, I will hate on all day, and I can as an Ohio native. But um, yeah, this this Toledo team is tough, and it's going to take everything that this MTSU defense, in particular. I'm really not thinking that MTSU's defense is going to have much of. Uh, much of an answer for what we know Toledo is capable of offensively. So it's just going to be a matter of like, can they keep pace with them scoring wise? And that's going to be really, really hard. But 
looks like Toledo is going <laughs> to have the better vacation in the Bahamas Bowl, it would seem. No doubt about it there, Joe. As we conclude this episode of the Underdog Podcast, I uh, do want to let uh, the folks in, in Western Kentucky as well as uh, Eastern Arkansas and Illinois, Missouri, Indiana know that uh, you're in our thoughts. And um, if you want to help support the tornado relief efforts there, uh, personally, my biggest um, recommendation is to give blood. There's been mass injuries as a result. And this whole global pandemic thing that we're dealing with, it's making just running medical facilities kind of a nightmare. And we're and on top of that, we're dealing with kind of a national blood shortage. So uh, if you go to the Red Cross's website, they'll have some resources on where you can donate blood. Uh, I as someone with a blood disorder and who's needed blood transfusions that really helps a lot. Um, also, if you want to donate financially, uh, we'll have a link in the episode description as well as the actual post on underdogdynasty.com where you can contribute there. Um, in particular, Braden Arvison's uh, GoFundMe is uh, picking up some steam. So ups to him and, and ups to Western Kentucky football and App State football. They've they've done a lot of cool uh, things to raise, uh, raise awareness and, and gather supplies for the folks who have um, – really faced some hard times in the last week or so, Eric. It's, it's been cool to see. I don't know how much of that you paid attention to. No, no, it, it, it really has. I mean, again, just kind of echo your thoughts, a very um, tough, heartbreaking situation there in, in that region. I know I, I noted it on Twitter, um, Bowling Green, sneakily one of my favorite places in CUSA to visit. You know, you wouldn't think it'd be on the top of your list, but you get there and you really uh, get in have an affinity for the people there, you know, so definitely sad to see them go through this time. So, um, yeah, I just want to echo your thoughts as well. Yeah. Once again, uh, heavily want to heavily encourage you to, uh, donate to those links that we're going to post, uh, in these episodes, in these episode descriptions, as well as the post on underdogdynasty.com. And, uh, thanks again to Scott Carr for joining us. And, uh, we will talk to you very soon with more, uh, bull preview content. Uh, got a lot coming up. It's going to be a very busy uh, couple of weeks for us. Uh, happy football watching everybody. Stay safe out there. 